Welcome to the Carl Reader Show. Hello and welcome to the Carl Reader Show. Now, this episode is an episode that's been recorded live. So that means it might be a video that's been recorded on site or perhaps a keynote presentation that I've delivered. What I want to do is just let you know that the audio quality on this will not be up to speed compared to our studio recordings. However, I believe that the content is well worth your time listening. So enjoy the recording. Let me know what you think of it on social media. And if you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe. Hello and welcome to the Be Your Own Boss podcast, where today I'm delighted to be joined on a phone call by Penny Power. Now, some of you may remember Penny as the original founder of eCademy, which was really the business social networking site before LinkedIn got to its prominent position. She's recently written a book, Business is Personal, and we're going to be discussing that. I can't wait for this conversation because those of you who've ever heard me speak for more than two minutes would have heard me say that business is no longer B2B or B2C, it's H2H. You're probably bored of that by now. But Penny, welcome to the show. Good morning. It's lovely to be here, Carl. Fantastic. So, Penny, tell us, tell us a bit more about yourself. Well, you kindly introduced me. I suppose one of the ways that I'm fairly well defined is that uh, Thomas and I in 1998 created the Academy, which was um, the world's first social network for business. Many, many came in in uh, different countries and different guises around the world. Um, and we ran that for 14 years, uh, grew that, um, learning what that what it means to be responsible for a community of business owners um, in 52 countries, 5,000 offline events a year. Um, and since then, since uh, 2012, when that beautiful baby came to an end for us, um, I've done various things, I've built another company. And, and now, as a result of the experience I went through that prompted me to write my book, which we might get into, um, I'm really enjoying actually helping other business people achieve their dreams at the moment rather than start my own entrepreneur journey again. Fantastic. So to share, share with the listeners a bit of a private conversation that Penny and I had just before this recording, um, we were actually talking about some of the contents of the book and in particular um, content marketing and um, weighing up the pros and cons of um, free content versus actually pinning a value on your time and so on. Um, Penny, I think, I think it'll be good to kick off this conversation if you could talk a bit about your mm. book and what you're hoping to achieve with it. So um, the book launched in January and um, it's called Business is Personal because I've always, always believed that since I was 19 and entered the IT industry, the people side of business has always been really important to me. Um, and along the way, you know, I've had some bumps and scrapes. Um, um, there are a few defining moments. I remember one day uh, an investor who had invested in my second business after Academy um, saying to me, I don't need to like you, Penny. Um, and um, I sort of looked at her a bit surprised and thought, well, okay. And she said, it's not personal, it's just business. And, it, you know, at that point, I should have had the strength of my conviction, but I was in scarcity, which a lot of us made decisions in scarcity. I continued that relationship, but it became, you know, it was a really toxic one. Um, so business is personal really is about, it is personal. I think we have to allow ourselves to stand up and feel it's personal. But unfortunately, it's vortex of comparison and ambition that's occurred 
since really the start, you know, of this whole digital drive and us being able to compare ourselves with others and getting sucked into vortex of ambition, looking at the perception of other people's successes. I think people have lost sight of what they want and the business and life they want to lead. Um, and that's what the book's all about. And it was prompted by me um, having to take some time off for mental health reasons um, back in November 17, so what, 16, 18 months ago, um, and really review where I was in my business life and whether I wanted to continue in that. Um, and I actually had moments where I thought, I think I might retrain as a midwife and get out of this world because I'd spent too much time with some really quite revolting people. Uh, not the academy days, but since then. So, um, and in doing that, I, I actually went to a psychologist. I went to group therapy. I had long walks with people that I'd known for years in academy, but one of my overdone strengths as an independent person was that I never asked for help and I never listened to other people without their their deeper skills. Um, so mental fitness has become something I really believe in and not being a... I'm not trying to be an expert in it, like these incredible people that have studied it, but I'm certainly a torchbearer. And I suppose in my career over the 21 years, I've been a torchbearer on the importance of friendship in business and connecting socially online. Then I became a torchbearer for six years around the importance of digital skills. And now I'm being a torchbearer on the subject of um, mental fitness, um, because I think a lot of us don't realise that mental health is just like physical health. We have to work on it every day. Absolute, absolutely mm. right. And I think whilst a lot of attention and uh, certainly media coverage is focused on the Instagram generation and, you know, the unattainable six-pack or bikini body or, um, you know, jet-set lifestyle, we, we don't actually always consider the impact of this social noise that we receive across all channels and in all ways. And uh, certainly, mm. Penny, I... If you don't mind me just just contributing a little bit on this, because I think we'll, mm-hmm. we'll we'll just have a wide ranging chat on this subject. I imagine. Yeah, um, You know, we look at some of the major business influencers out there, and, and whilst some of them have some very strong and positive messages, um, there are others that that actually set an unrealistic expectation of what a business owner should be doing. Um, you know, working 18, 20 hours days, um, sacrificing all for their business. And that's no good for anybody, is it? No, I mean, it's interesting because um, I think Gary V, Gary vedishak has got a message on Instagram, a lot of followers, and he talks about the importance of hustling. And I found it really very confronting and not a way that I wanted to be. But actually, his message is really important, and that is, you know, choose your path, but don't have ambition and not willing to put in the sacrifice that's required necessarily. Mm. And so um, I think we're all so different, Carl. You know, when I actually look at your character, your personality, your experiences, your values, where you are in your life, your the external pressures you may have on you with regard to family, young children, caring for older people, whatever it is, you actually put that into a melting pot. No one formula is right for everyone. And I think it's it's about really, you know, taking the foot off that accelerator that everybody makes you feel you should have when you wake up and drawing a breath and actually spending a bit of time thinking about actually what is the life I want, what's the life I need. And I've been really privileged over the 21 years to work with a lot of small businesses. But I would say compared to now, it's been relatively hands-off because apart from the odd 
meeting. It's been through being a speaker or running these big communities online. So I've been able to make a lot of observations. But now I'm getting into much deeper conversations with business people who are coming to me for some mentoring or joining my mastermind group. And um, everybody's version of ambition and how they would define success is so different. But mm. we forget to do our own definition of what success looks to us. And so some people who join my mastermind group want to go from 100,000 to 160,000, and that's the return that they would like from working with me. Somebody else might want to go from a million pounds to five million. Yeah. Well, that's fine, as long as your benchmark and your expectations and your willingness to sacrifice something is in line with that. Um, and that kind of just becomes about self-awareness, really. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So I'm thinking back to the days of um, of when I was actively consulting with businesses. I, I, and please bear with me, Penny, I'm a bit rusty on this stuff. Um, but but <laughs> the, biggest challenge, the biggest challenge that I saw was um, the lack of congruence between personal and business goals. And, mm -hmm. you know, on one hand, there was the desire, I mean, this was before the days of Instagram, but let, let's, let's use Instagram as a metaphor that we can all um, picture in our minds. On yeah. one hand, there was this desire to be living the, um, yeah, the, the Ibiza beach life with, um, you know, perhaps the perceptions of a high life, you know, the, um, the, the young boys and girls in their bikinis and so on, and the champagne and all of this. And on the mm. other hand, have an ultra successful business. And the reality is that if you try and achieve both goals at once, you're going to fail in one of them. And you have <laughs> to adapt accordingly. Um, yeah, you're, you're never going to make a twenty million pound business just um, sunbathing on the beach. No, but it's also, I mean, you're absolutely right, and it's a great imagery that you've created there. But yeah, I had a guy come to me who heard me speak, asked if he could have a, a mentoring session with me, and we sat down over a lovely lunch. Actually, thirty-one, he was doing seventy thousand a month, had very good profitability in his business. He could see his cash flow out to nine months, which is phenomenal for a small yeah. business. Um, so he could see contracts and everything going out to that far. He employed six people, beautiful wife, two children, um, house, and he could see that he was going to be able to pay off his house within 10 years. Amazing. I mean, quite phenomenal, 31. But he was low. And I said to him, what, why are you so low? And he said, I'm just not achieving my, um, I'm not as successful as I hoped I'd be. I said, gosh, so tell me what your benchmark is. And he looked at me really wide-eyed across the table. I said, nobody's ever asked me that. I said, well, just be deep. What is it? And he, and he started to, I'm going to use a swear word here, piss himself laughing, okay, himself. And he said, uh, Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, mm. I'm of that generation. I said, right, okay. Is that, are you being fair to yourself? There was a benchmark of success. Because those are exceptional situations. But I suppose there is a generation where, you know, I'm 55. I got sucked into it. You know, 20 years ago, Thomas and I, age 33, 22 years ago, were valued at £22 million on paper six months after building the academy. How ridiculous. And lots of people were walking around then with their business cards that had a dot-com on it, and they thought that was my lottery ticket. So there's people my age working around, walking around with unrequited success a feeling of they've put a lot in, but they haven't got to where they should or wanted to be. And there may be lots of factors that are affecting that. And then there's another generation below us, that is that millennial generation that's grown up with this, um, these role models 
But also, and I think you touch on this a lot, and that's one of the things I tweeted to you because I loved it, is they're getting sucked in by people who are marketing them to make them feel like they lack. Yes, yes. And uh, and that is such a manipulative form of selling and um, marketing. It is. And I think that, yeah, the, the challenge is, so I think we're in a very similar situation between the dot-com bubble, um, you know, as, as we say, 20 years ago. I was um, I, I was still a teenager then, so I was I was seeing it happen, but not actively involved. Although some mm. you know some people I went to school with actually were actively involved, um, doing it on the side around their schoolwork. Um, mm. But there was um, there was the, the dot com bubble, and I think now we're living in the um, in the tech fintech, uh, whichever category you want to pull it in. Whichever uh, tech, the, yeah. But the, the unicorn bubble where the, the odds of achieving a billion-dollar startup is perceived to be much more realistic than it actually is. Um, mm-hmm. And as we, as we all know, the reality is that you're probably just as likely to, um, to have that unicorn if you buy a lottery ticket. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately that is the, that's the real reality. There's too many factors outside of your control. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the challenge now, is if I look back to the dot-com bubble and the period just afterwards, you really had yeah. to you really had to search to find the people that were trying to manipulatively profit out of it. You, know, you mm-hmm. had to search to find the internet marketing gurus. Uh, you, know, you, you had to be in that space to find. I, I, I don't want to name the names, but but the American marketing experts who were um, trying to uh, make a few quid there. But nowadays, you're bombarded by it, by Facebook ads, Instagram ads, um, advertising for webinars, seminars, buy my book, buy this, buy that, um, with a very defined process afterwards that can very quickly leave you with a massive credit card bill. Mm-hmm. I know, it's, it's really, I mean, honestly, when I hear you talk about it, I actually feel my eyes well up a little bit, which sounds particularly soppy, I know, but the reality is there are a lot of people that are trying to sell to the lost souls. Mm. And um, and I've sat in conferences, I've been a keynote and asked to speak at conferences where I've seen the back of the room selling. I've seen, I see what you see online. And it is incredibly sad because um, the vulnerability of people who um, are looking over their shoulder at those people and and envying their lifestyles and believing those people have got a formula that if they just press repeat, they'll be able to deliver that formula. It's mm. it's it's criminal, um, and it's certainly unethical, even if it's not enforceable by the law. Yes. Um, but you know we can't we can't we have to protect ourselves from that. You know the, there's not, nobody's going to stop that. I mean I, I remember laughing my head off. It was only about two years ago that I learned that the reason we believe that our breakfast is the most important meal of the day is because Kellogg's told us it in the forties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know we can be very susceptible to clever marketing, and what they're doing is they're getting into your subconscious mind. And um, my daughter and I have this lovely saying between the two of us. It's called Bumble. And we had to do it to each other because we're both extremely excited entrepreneurs now. I've really found my groove. I'm loving, loving my life. I can honestly say as a result of what I went through last year, there was this lovely saying called um, by Lao Tzu that came across Instagram, you know, to be whole, first allow yourself to break. And I I did. 
and I put my pieces back together and I've never felt more whole in my life because I've got such clarity about what's right for me and therefore also about the success of others. And my daughter's a new entrepreneur, but we're at different stages and different priorities. And when we get together, we can, we can risk overwhelming each other with excitement and she will say something I'll think oh crap I should be doing that and I'll say something and she'll say oh crap I should be doing that <laughs> and we end up saying to one another bumble which is that we're being too busy bees with each other it's like bumblebee and yeah. it's become a good um, way of us saying stop okay because you have to learn to pace yourself and you have nobody can do it all in one no. day or no. even in a month or even in a year you can't it, you have to Create a plan and a vision of where you want to be, which is very cliche, I know, and allow yourself to gently get to those stages. But we are so overwhelmed, and literally our system one brain, which is where we hold all of our values and our belief systems, our memories and our ambition, overwhelms our system two brain that enables us to actually take action. We have to really calm ourselves down. And when we go online, it doesn't help that. Because we see all this stuff that other people are, oh my God, Santos applied for a award. Oh my God, someone's now doing it for Instagram ads. Oh, they've sold more books. Oh, somebody's going to be doing more than you all of the time. Yes. Do you know, if you actually all... get individuals into a room, you discover you're all just as mentally overwhelmed and as shocked <laughs> yes. and screwed when, up as the other person. When I was, when I was growing up, Penny, um, there was a saying that my dad said to me, which is, there's always someone tougher than you. And... Yeah, that, that can be extrapolated out. There's always somebody mm. who will, um, as you said, sell more books or mm. will speak on bigger stages or yeah. will have a bigger business or will um, you know, have a you know, more, more impressive physique or a, um, mm. a, a visit more countries than you in a year or, or whatever it is that you aspire <laughs> to an Instagram. And, you know, obviously, as you rightly said earlier, everybody is very different. You know, their makeup is different. And I would imagine from that, not being a psychologist, but I would imagine that the triggers for different people are different as well. Mm -hmm. um, exactly. But I imagine, I imagine there are some core principles of what you should do to, um, to try and mitigate this impact. So, I mean, you, you touched on um, revisiting what your dreams and goals are. Um, w would you be happy just to expand on that practically a little bit more about how um, a listener, let's say there is a listener yeah. who might feel in that position, how they might go about doing this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, first of all, you have to allow yourself, if you're looking to improve your business performance, right, which is what it comes down to, do you really want to improve your business performance? You have to give yourself some breathing space to think about it. So if you think of a top athlete, they're not going to get up and go and run a track every minute of the day. They, you know, they, how you feed your soul and your body and your spirit and your mind is so important. Um, so you first, I really think you've got to commit to that. And it might take three hours, it might take a day, it might take longer. You might need somebody to talk to. Um, and in doing that, the, other, the next thing that is really important is I think spend at least two weeks out and about in your normal life, online, out and about, and write down when you get that trigger, as you say, Carl, that moment when your spirit gets dampened, that moment when you create fear, that moment when you feel you're not enough, and just write it down, because that is about self-awareness. And I discovered huge limiting beliefs in myself, which actually went back to childhood, which is, I know it's a cliche, 
um, we have great parents, but you know, we, we, we create life from moments that happen in our lives. Um, and I discovered when I started really looking at myself and talking to psychologists, I had uh, the wrong attitude towards um, unconditional love. I believed you unconditionally loved everybody, right? But that's not fair because you don't you don't protect yourself. If you go and love everybody, but not everybody's going to love you. I had I had I am a very giving, kind person. That is one of my true values from childhood. But that, as an overdone strength, can be massively abused and either misapplied, which means you try and help someone that doesn't want helping, so you disempower them, or it can be stretched by people who just keep taking and taking and taking. And that was definitely happening to me. Sure. I had a problem with very assertive people. They scared me. And I interpreted anybody assertive was actually angry. And so I would go passive and submit. So I had to work on that side of it. So there was a whole load of character and personality things I had to discover about myself in order to heal them and learn what, what is ridiculous and what isn't. I then had to learn about what is resilience because I had a belief system that said resilience meant somebody could smack me in the face like in a boxing ring as many times as they want and I'd still stand up. Well, true resilience comes from knowing how to dodge the, dodge the blows. That's what the best boxer in a ring can do. But you're not going to be able to do that without a lot of self-awareness. And then you have to look at what are your true desires in life? What do you truly desire? And do you believe those things are possible? And if you've got desire and belief, it's back in Napoleon Hill's book, um, you then go and get the knowledge and the skills to achieve those things. But then you have to take action and change a lot of habits. And a lot of the people that I work with, and it's classic coaching, and I'm not a professional coach, but I'm just an experienced businesswoman, and I'm very open, is um, a lot of us can take action, go and get knowledge and skills, we will take some action. But we're not changing our habits. And your habits are formed from going back on around that loop, the deep way that you allow yourself to be treated or, or whatever's going on in your life, your strengths and overdone strengths and what boundaries you have around you. So this is where mental fitness is so important. Um, somebody said to me, of course you need to keep mentally fit. You know, it's not mental health. Mental health is, sounds like a problem. I've got bipolar or depression or I'm suffering anxiety or I have suicidal thoughts. And that's why I thought I didn't have any problems because I used to sympathetically look at that dialogue on television or whatever and think, oh gosh, those poor people. But what I didn't have was enough mental fitness. And, and so we can be physically fit enough to exist in our lives, but maybe not physically fit enough to do the stuff we want to do. And sure. the same with mental fitness. We can be mentally fit to a certain extent, but what does true mental fitness look like? Um, I, presu- I presume this, this kind of exercise is something that's not just a one-off task. I presume this is something that you should frequently check in. Would that be correct? Yeah, I mean, I was told in 2005, oh God, a long time ago, an action coach that I was speaking in Asia on a, at a conference and at the bar, this action coach who'd come in from Australia told me that I um, was uncoachable. I don't know where that came from. That was quite a frightening thing to be told. It bugged me and stupidly, which was part of my issues and my symptoms, was I never asked him what he meant by that. I just thought, oh, said you. I just felt, I felt upset by that. But, and what I then realized last year was the reason he said that was I was so independent, not arrogant, 
but I wouldn't ask for help. And that goes back to when I was a little girl, lovely parents, a lot of my generation similar to this, never talked things through with me. So I'd sit in my bedroom and solve all my life problems sure. on my own. And a lot of us are like that, but you become over-independent. You don't realize that sometimes it helps to share and talk to someone. So I never had a business coach or a life coach. Um, Thomas and I do that a lot with each other, but you're, when you're in a situation together, and we've gone through a hell of a lot together, not only in business, but we've gone and had a lot of personal pain in our family. Um, that's not necessarily, you can have a fantastic soulmate, but you need someone that you can really talk through with. And so I have become a big evangelist of the business coach, the business advisor like you have in your business, because um, it's, it's not that they know more than you, <laughs> necessarily, but they extract stuff from you and absolutely. get you to look at things. Absolutely. Um, so that's I, I, what I, I didn't really appreciate. No, I mean, I have a business coach myself, and... You know, the, the way I see this, um, some people do question the value. You, you need to look at the sports world. And yeah. do you really think that Man City or Liverpool um, would be competing for the Premiership? At the time of this phone call, they were competing yesterday. Do you really think those teams would be there without the coaching infrastructure? Yeah, exactly. Um, and the coaches exactly. aren't necessarily any better than the players on the pitch. In fact, they probably no. almost certainly aren't. Um, no. But they know how to elicit high performance. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I, I now, I mean, I, I have a friend who I've known for 30 years who is a top business coach. And um, last year I spent a lot of time with her. And then I said, you know, I've got people coming to me about business coaching. And she said, well, you're naturally a business coach, Penny. And I said, well, I've got imposter syndrome here because I've not done all the business coaching qualifications. And and she said, that, you know, you, you've done business and you understand business and you understand people and you're a good listener and you're good at asking questions and everything. And so I'm going on this journey myself now and it's joyful. In fact, but I need someone myself and I realize that now. Um, it's, it's very powerful. Um but a lot of people with their limiting beliefs and a fear of money and scarcity, they don't think they can afford it. And to a certain extent, that was me as well. You know, we were always battling financial challenges, building this huge monstrous business. And then the, the challenges that we were faced with when our business was massively um, disrupted with LinkedIn and Facebook when they came in and said, you know, it's free here. Um, and we had to pivot the business in a bank, withdrew our loan with, two years left to run on it during banking crisis and collapsed us. And, and so what we went through financially and trying to keep our family as stable as possible in their education and, and in other ways, um, we went into a period of scarcity. So the last thing we were going to do is consider investing in ourselves. But actually now we've realized, uh, Thomas and I, a few years ago, if we don't invest in ourselves, we're never going to shift out of the beliefs that we end up creating in ourselves when we go through pain um, and so so many people have applied for my mastermind for example and then they come back and say I can't afford that and I sort of it sounds like I'm selling to them to say you know that is what's keeping you where you are mm. but we have to get to a point where we can invest in ourselves um, it's a challenge it is a challenge for business people very big challenge for startups it, it really is, but it's um, you know, it's absolutely vital because as the entrepreneur, your health and it's not just physical fitness, mental fitness, mm. it's your energy levels, everything that goes yeah. with that. 
Um, e- even just as simple as your mood on a day-to-day basis, that has a direct mm-hmm. impact on the success of your business. Now, I'm, I'm, con- I'm conscious that we are um, up against the time limit, and we've had a wonderful okay. conversation so far, Penny. We it's have. Like, yeah, it's lovely. We, could, we could go on for hours. It's, it's <laughs> lovely not to do the standard um, podcast with 10 pre-prepared questions, uh, which, by the way, I've never done, because that would bore me as well as you. Um, but <laughs> it, it's been lovely to have a good chat. What I'd like to do is to bring in our rapid-fire questions. Now, for those who haven't listened to the podcast before, uh, the rapid-fire questions are designed to um, really put Penny on the spot and to elicit some answers, but we'll, we'll tell you a little bit more about what drives Penny, who she is, and um, what's helped guide her during her life. But, Penny, don't worry, they're fun questions. The first okay. one that I'm going to ask you is, if you were to set up a mastermind group with three other people, so you've got three people, they could be dead or alive, they could be fictional or non-fictional. Who, who would you choose to have around that table? Well, I definitely choose Thomas. I think he's amazing. Um, I definitely put my husband in there. He's phenomenal. Um, gosh, this is rapid fire. This is really hard. I think I'd put you in there now, Carl. Because you've built a business with seventy advisors. I mean, I can't imagine what I would learn from, and what um, the other person I've got to choose would learn from. I think I would put in an ambas- ambitious startup. Okay. I know I should be saying a name, but um, I would really like to take a startup right the way through, beginning with what, what, how they're going to manage their mental fitness and what their personality and character is before they start to build their business plan. And so I put them in there. Fantastic. Okay, next question. Um, I, I said these are rapid fire. So um, yep. if, if I was to ask you what the best bit of advice that you could have given your 18-year-old self would be. Um, and I imagine this would be a condensed version of what we've just spoken about, but I'll leave it up to you. What, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self? Uh, get rid of some baggage. Okay, perfect. Get rid of baggage. Mm. Penny, what book is the book that you've recommended to the most people? That's and it can't, it can't be your own. It can't be your own. No, no, it wouldn't be. No, it's actually Permission Marketing by Seth Godin. Okay, yes, Seth Godin's a genius, isn't he? He is, and I read that book before I started Academy, and that the concept of turning strangers into friends, friends into customers, really resonated with me. And that that's plus a book called Celestine Prophecy, which is all about you know creating energies and communities. Was um, yeah, those two things catalyzed us starting Academy. Fantastic. Penny, what's the best purchase that you've made in the last six months or so for about fifty pounds or less? Goodness me. Face moisturizer. <laughs> Face moisturizer. Any particular <laughs> brand? Peels. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, do you know, I, 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 I actually use their facial peel. I can't say it works wonders, but, but it, 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 it's nice and tingly when I put it on. At 50, um, I think at 55, I know I've got to try and keep my face looking as good as I can. I'm going to work till I'm 100. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and what is your number one way? of escaping from it all? Uh, when, when you just need half an hour to an hour off, what, what do you do to escape from it all? Um, watch a box set on Netflix. Netflix binge, fantastic. <laughs> Netflix binge, which I probably fall asleep in front of, but that's my form of mindfulness, I think. <laughs> Brilliant. And I'm going to ask just one last question, and it's slightly different from the advice you would give yourself. 
What's the best bit of advice that you've ever been given by someone else? Oh, I would say it would be yourself. I was told that when I was 20 and I resigned from my first job. And he asked me why I resigned. And it was I was telling sales um, for an IT company. And I said, because I want to become a psychologist and I want to um, be myself and, and I want to help people. And he said that you are yourself here and you've made a big difference to our company by who you are. And he allowed me to be myself. And I think... You know, I just want to. I want to finish that. You know, people talk about freedom, being an entrepreneur, so you get you know financial freedom, autonomy over your decisions, freedom of time. But I think the ultimate form of freedom is when you can respect, accept, and be yourself. I couldn't agree more, Penny. What a fantastic note to close on, um, Penny. Where can the listeners find out more about you? Um, well, uh, that's a fantastically kind question. So. Um, pennypower.co.uk is my website and my blog there and um, I talk about different things on there and they can um, join me. Um, I'm about to launch uh, a landing page actually called pennypower.co.uk slash free chapter um, and in there the reply gives them will be a link to a Facebook group I'm launching with Thomas um, on Twitter at pennypower. I'm on Instagram which is with penny f power f a friend and um, I'm on LinkedIn, and um, so I'm easily got hold of, I would say. So I'd love to hear from people. Fantastic. Penny, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you very much. And that was wonderful. I loved it, Carl. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Carl Reader Show. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and tell your friends. This podcast was brought to you by our sponsor, D&T Advisory, helping you unlock the magic in your business by adding value, not numbers. Find out more at www.team-dt.com. QuickBooks, helping UK small businesses stay on top of their finances.